tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Percy Jackson, episode seven is over, but we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. We're a little bit uh, behind the times here, but we made it. We're here. We're finally finding out the truth. We're going to talk episode seven, sort of. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Adam. Adam, how you doing? I'm doing so good. Uh, We're not behind the times at all. Listen, we record this podcast whenever we want to record this podcast, okay? We're going to do this on our time. We had to go through all of the underworld. We were littered with regret uh, getting rooted up. Uh, I had a dog trying to bite me all week. And so, you know, it was a whole, it was a whole thing, but we're here. We're here to talk about episode seven. We, we find out the truth. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the bringer of truth herself is here. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that's what librarians are, right? They're truth bringers. They, they, they help you find the knowledge and the truth out there in the world. Uh, Emily, Emily's here. We're so excited. Yes. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes. We librarians provide access to all the information you could possibly ever want and need and more. Um, so yes, we pride ourselves on getting the information out there. Of course, the word truth is, you know, very uh, kind of charged <laughs> word. So we all have, you know, our own truths and, you know, it's that can get into really philosophical territory. I'm not ready to go there today, but <laughs> I'm so excited to be talking um, all things Percy Jackson today. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Tell us, what's your what's your history with the Percy Jackson of it all? You are, in fact, a librarian. If anybody hasn't heard you on other podcasts that we've had you on, be it Doctor Who or, um, you know, YA back in the day, you've been on kind of a few different things at this point. But yeah, uh, how do you know this series? So like almost all of your other guests, uh, I was beyond the age of the <laughs> appropriate audience for this book. However, my favorite job I ever had was as a 
library assistant at an elementary school while I was getting my own master's degree in library science. And I loved working at this elementary school and getting to recommend books to the kiddos. So one of our most popular series was Percy Jackson and the Olympians. And so whenever kids would get into fourth, fifth grade, um, that's really about the youngest where they really start reading this if they're at an advanced level, because we are dealing with, you know, like really big words and Greek words. And, you know, um, it's it, it, it's not for kindergartners to read. It is a, a hefty chapter book. Uh, so I loved recommending uh, this series. And in my due diligence, I wanted to make sure that I was actually recommending something quality. So I did read the first book of the series about, oh geez, like 13 years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a while. And I didn't read any of the others, but I did really like the first one. And um, I, I had so many uh, kids tell me how much they love this series. That's amazing. I, uh, yeah. So, you know, let's go back to that first book club pod when I was getting, given a hard time for not, you know, getting quite through all of the reading because it's a hefty chapter book, people. There you uh, go. It's, it's not. Wait, it's, who it's was not. giving you this hard time? You. Who? Oh, well, why didn't <laughs> you was, get through it? Obviously you. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't get through it. I mean, there's, uh, there's only a few big words in this book. You should have gotten through it, Melissa. That's ridiculous. Who wasn't giving you a hard time? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> other other I don't know anyway I made it through this hefty chapter book although you know I still haven't quite read the ending of it yet because we're waiting until we get through the last episode mm -hmm. reading as we go uh but how are you liking the series so far Emily I think it's wonderful um I did see the movie a long time ago and have no memory of it so I have <laughs> blocked it from my memory uh so uh, I I am loving the series though the child actors are such stars already and I am really invested in watching like their future careers you know I hope they go on to do great and wonderful things as actors um one thing that I'm not sure we've touched on a whole lot, and if we have, I'm sorry, but I'm going to mention it again, is the music in this series is amazing. Bear McCreary is the composer, and he is one of the best TV composers out there right now. And in this episode in particular, I thought the music really shone. It's amazing. I feel like we haven't talked about it very much, especially considering how much we talk about music on Doctor Who. We do talk about it a lot on Doctor Who, and it definitely has been good. I think that... It, um... The, the the areas where the music really stands out to me is sort of the end credits. I just love the mm -hmm. do, 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 over like the really cool, like, uh, you know, uh, drawings, the animation at the end. That's It's just very, very cool. The sweeping orchestral stuff, it definitely sounds very like Olympic and godlike. And I think they do a really good job of setting that. Um, And it, it actually like is in my notes here, something to mention during this, because I loved everything they did while we were in the underworld specifically. Um, and I know, you know, th there's a lot in terms of like the setting. I thought the setting this episode was so freaking cool, man. Like yeah. it was so freaking cool as they were going out there and the music definitely elevated that, you know, it's a, sometimes it's a little tough to be like, Oh, the music really elevates this St. Louis setting. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, there's maybe not a lot of talk about there, but certainly we are, you know, fully, fully in on this now as we are uh, into the underworld uh, to find out the truth. So, um, yeah, this is very exciting here uh, as we're getting into episode seven. Yeah, I mean, Adam, we left St. Louis four episodes ago. Keep up. Uh, <laughs> well, to... some of us have not left St. Louis four episodes ago. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, some of us are still enough. here. Yeah. Um, although, admittedly, part of the reason why we uh, are a little late on this podcast is because some of us did have to leave St. Louis uh, a couple of, couple of days ago. But we're back. We back, baby. We're back at the arch. Uh, not really. We're in the underworld. Uh, to be honest with you, 
St. Louis might be closer to the underworld than um, we're ready to admit in this in this life. I'm just putting that out there. There's probably an entrance to the underworld somewhere in St. Louis. Yeah. Is there a waterbed store? Is this a thing? Is that, I mean. I, I not whole, anymore. It's not. It was. a whole thing on waterbeds here. Well, I mean, we'll yeah. get into this. We'll get into this pretty quickly because it's right at the very beginning. But I have a yeah. whole thing on uh, uh, well, we'll okay, get, well, let's just go to it. Let's do it, Adam. Let's dive in. Because, okay. yes, waterbeds were a thing. Let's, well, I know they were a thing, but like a whole store just for waterbeds. Okay. Episode 7 of Percy Jackson. We find out the truth. Sort of. Um, Percy walks into Krusty's Waterbed Palace. Now, this was a discussion. I have two um things to say about the last you know our, our previous discussion um i i didn't know whether or not this was going to be in some of you out there who watch the spoilers or the previews whatever you would like to call them were very quick to point out adam you big dumb idiot it's right there in the previews even though i have repeatedly said i am not watching the next time on or the whatever to not be spoiled and i was very open and honest about my watching experience and my guess here and everyone was like adam you moron there it's right there how did you not know this i can't believe you're so wrong about this first of all this is not the podcast where i admit that i'm wrong i was not wrong <laughs> i didn't know okay there's a huge difference there the other big the, the other big piece of feedback here um i did uh we we had so many people look this up um a fortnight bliss is exactly two weeks it is exactly what i said it was um I, you were so confident in the moment that I didn't even consider like trying to correct you or I, I, I was so confident in your confidence that I didn't even do a quick Google in the moment of how long is a fortnight because you were like, no, 10 days done. And then it was over. It's exactly two weeks. So I don't know if you want to address yeah. that. We had a lot of people. Like because it, it was like within 10 seconds, I think, of the podcast starting, basically. Oh, like, and, and, and welcome people... to Percy Jackson. I'm Adam. I'm Melissa. A fortnight is 10 days. Like that was basically <laughs> the start of the last podcast. Yeah. And the podcast went out and uh quite quite a few people felt the need to make sure that I was very well aware that I had yeah. been wrong. Um yeah. do you know what? You talk into a microphone long enough, eventually you will say a single wrong thing. And this is yeah. my single well, thing that I have ever said. Uh, so there you go. Congratulations. Here it is. It's over. Um, yeah. I have this like very distinct memory of being a young reader and reading mm -hmm. some book in which what I, I thought the word was Fortnite, but maybe I'm mixing it up where it was a situation where I was like, oh, that's a funny word. How long is that time? It seems like it should be two weeks, but it's not. It's 10 days. So like maybe that was like a different word i don't think it was 10 day from D, &D. that was sort of the like consensus yeah. source of my confusion i think i thought it was something else but at this point i think i just have to admit that i was wrong and i must have googled well there wouldn't have been google back in the day because again i am old enough that there was no google <laughs> when i was reading books as like an eight-year-old um but anyway so i just i have this very it's one of those like false Memory. Yeah. I, I have a few of these from my childhood. I don't know if other people do too, where I have this like very distinct memory of like a thing that happened that I like mentioned to my mom and she's like, that never happened. <laughs> you have completely made that up. So um, yeah, every oh, wow. now and then I, I have this. So yeah, I mean, I definitely have some things in my life where I tell my parents, hey, this happened. And they're like, no, it didn't, Adam. But that I feel like that's a separate. Yeah, situation. no, that seems like <laughs> a sadder situation. Yeah, that's a much different situation. Um, Emily, how do you feel about Melissa sort of blaming her lack of knowledge of what a Fortnite is on 
books in general. <laughs> I think it's totally fair because I don't think it was actually blaming the book, but perhaps just, you know, the hole in her memory as mm. to what is this thing that she read. We all have, you know, terrible memories of things that we read when we were eight. That was a long time ago. And, you know, we need to just let people know when they're wrong, you know, us, you know, <laughs> listeners, we have to get our ego boost somehow and, you know, yeah. prove our worth and that we are there. And mm-hmm. Melissa is so rarely wrong that we just have to well, revel in it when it happens. Let's, thank you. Thank you. you know, thank let's, you. Yes. Let's, you know, let's, let's not go too far uh, in, <laughs> in the opposite direction. Um, that being said, as someone who frequently gets, you know, six, seven plus whatever people on top of each other saying, no, Adam, you're wrong about this. Welcome to the club, Melissa. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it yeah, I don't like it. I would like to go back. Uh, yeah. Thank you, um, and I'm done. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're in uh, Krusty's Krusty's waterbed palace here, um, and we're we're finding Krusty wearing all this green suit, kind of a creepy, creepy, creepo dude. He's also a son of Poseidon, and Percy immediately clocks us. He's the murderer of travelers, not a good guy. He knows the beds are a trap, but he knows there's a secret passage here in this store. Um, to the underworld and Krusty's not like super interested in letting him through but he is super interested in getting Percy on one of these beds because he just wants everyone to fit to find, uh, despite the fact that he himself does not fit as uh, Percy surprises him and pushes him right on the bed and is like threatening to chop his head off you're lucky you're keeping your head Krusty short for Procrustus which this by the way was another name that I have been mispronouncing since I read the book for the first time. And maybe this is like (laughs) the Catholic side of me that is like, I was pronouncing this procrastes. (laughs) And uh, and uh, evidently it's procrastes. So I don't know. Um, Some of these names are tough. So here we are. Uh, How is the name spelled that you were spelled? What? What is happening here? Um, I mean, uh, it's one, I feel like Procrastes is not like actually crazy in terms of like a, see the name. Maybe it's like this Greek. Okay. No, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. P-R-O-C-R-U-S-T-E-S. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. give it to you. Yeah. You know, um, that being said, he definitely says Procrustes. So I, I don't know. Um, I think Procrustes is cooler, but anyway yeah um we get crusty here um i don't know this this was weird have you guys ever been in a, i've never been in a waterbed i've like never i don't even know that i've ever seen a waterbed i don't know so Most my parents you, had I a waterbed when i was growing up but again that was like the 80s early 90s so it was a while ago and yeah. adam was as we all know not yet born so um it was not a like practical thing i don't really understand the trend and again i was like a very small child when this was a thing so i don't really understand why Mm -hmm. it existed but it definitely did and i assume that i i I, like i wouldn't be surprised if there were stores devoted specifically to waterbeds because to me it just feels like a different thing than selling like a mattress like mm-hmm. those seem like they could come from just two different stores i don't know again if you are old enough to have at one point owned a waterbed yourself uh let me know i'm very curious um but yeah this is it's a very fun tie-in to the greek mythology of it all because um Procrustes is known for making his victims lie on an iron bed and would force them to fit the bed by cutting off the parts that hung off the ends or by stretching those people who were too short. So we are getting sort of the PG version of this, but like death via bed is definitely the the through theme here. 
Well, and certainly the book does not do the PG version of this. Um, and I will also no. say, Melissa, you and I both on these beds, we're screwed. Because I'll tell you right now, <laughs> I'm too tall. My head or feet are getting chopped off and you're getting stretched. We're in <laughs> trouble here. We are not the right two for this bed. I don't know, Emily. Maybe maybe you're more suited for this kind of bed. But Melissa and I, we're in trouble. No, I, I think I'm around Melissa's height. We met once, yeah. so I think we're about the same height. Um, but <laughs> but aren't all waterbeds the same, you know, and all that really is different is the size of them, you know? So why do we need, you know, a store with all these waterbeds? I definitely agree. This is so weird. I mean, if you, if you sit, lay down on a waterbed and then you sit, lay down on the next one, it's going to feel the same, especially, you know, once you have your sheeting down and everything, but I don't know how much you would have to pay me to go into a waterbed store that is named Krusty's. Yeah. There is nothing more disgusting sounding than going to a mattress store or a store selling waterbeds and being told this is a Krusty's waterbed. Do you like the Krusty's waterbed? Mm -hmm. that, that, that just makes me nauseous to think about. That is disgusting. To be honest with you, I think a waterbed in and of itself is pretty disgusting because yeah. because you're very right with the, just the concept of a waterbed. They're not different from any other waterbed. It's just like the water bag that is different, yep. like whatever is like surrounding and like what kind of material could that possibly be made of? And then you're just like putting sheets over it. So it's like, that doesn't really matter. It's all like, and then and the water just like sits there. It's just like standing water say, all the time. Like There are two main purposes for a bid. One of them I can understand doing on a waterbed. The other seems gymnastic at best. Mm -hmm. And, you know. Yeah. Is this like a is this like a rule number seven situation? Don't uh don't on a waterbed. You know. Yeah, don't on a waterbed. I don't know. <laughs> so many jokes that are okay, whatever. We don't even need to go there. Um family podcast, kid show. Um okay, anyway. We get down, we're we're go we're going through the door. Uh we find out a door. Grover's like, this is a disgusting someone must have loved like milk in there. It's so gross. Uh it's so disgusting. And then we go to a flashback. We go to this flashback a couple different times throughout the episode. We're sort of flashing back to per Percy's past. Um, some of this worked a little bit better for me than others. I thought this was, um, I don't know. Okay, so at the beginning, Percy's in the car, um, uh, and his mom's kind of in the front seat, and we're, we're dropping Percy off at school, uh, a special school, and, you know, she kind of phrases this, she's, you know, it's for kids with, you know, some of these learning difficulties, because Percy needs a little bit of extra help, but Percy doesn't want to go um and you know sally does the classic parent on the side of the road pulls over the car she gets out of the car goes out percy genius move locks the door right next to it right next to him and tally's like listen this is not a negotiation percy the only question is how ugly this is uh you're gonna make it before we say goodbye um first of all this kid is like five or six yeah. or something like this is a psychological whatever you're yeah. trying to do here sally this kid is like six what do you mean like you're gonna you're gonna taunt him into being like how ugly you're gonna make this six-year-old child of mine before we say goodbye like this is uh, this is not an effective way to deal with children and i am no kid expert i'm no ex i'm not an expert on anything okay just on zero things am i an expert I don't think this would work very well. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Emily, you're talking about dealing with all, you know, elementary school kids. Did you ever pull out moves like this? I don't know, Johnny. Put the book down or this is going to get ugly. Like, what was going down there in the library? 
Yeah, generally making threats by employees to children is not seen as something constructive to do. Um, however, I feel a little compassion for her because I get the feeling that Percy has been kind of a brat before. And mm -hmm. this is a road that they have traveled down before. I mean, he pulled out that expert move of locking the car door. And as soon as he did that, that is like, a, oh, no, we've been here before. You've done this before. You know what you're doing, kid. And so, I mean, who hasn't had to have been threatened by their parents every so often in order to do what they want, right? You know, I just feel like wow. this is a very common experience that I relate to as, you know, a young Percy. But yeah, I agree. It's, you know, if there could have been, you know, dangling a carrot instead of using the stick, mm -hmm. that probably would have been a little better. But also later in the episode, he has a Sunday in front of him. And if you're going to tempt him with something like a Sunday, and then all he does is stare at it, you know, I don't know, how are we going to get this kid to do anything? Ice cream doesn't work. I don't know. I just feel like there has to be better. Give him a water bed. I'll give him the, you know, see if he's interested in a, he, he's a, probably a big water guy. Um, that was like the only other, okay. So yeah, Krusty is the son of Poseidon. Water bed, you know, maybe, maybe I don't know. Yes. There, might be, there might be that's maybe a generous uh, give. Not even read. It's not a read. It's just a generous. I mean, I'm sure that's why, right? Like you know, yeah. Crustus was known for the bed thing. Also, son of Poseidon, bed water beds. Yeah. Like it, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's just a bit of a ridiculous thing to see in a show taking place in present day i think yeah. is when it's Which is, taking I, place i guess like it's also kind of part of the point right no one's going into a waterbed store he's trying to hide the entrance to the underworld whatever yeah. we're in the underworld the gang arrives the trio arrives uh and my my biggest note here what an awesome set this is yeah. just from from start to finish right off the bat everything is so freaking cool i don't know melissa if you want to take some credit for some weird vancouver side <laughs> i don't know what this is but it was very very cool um grover sees the boat man uh Charon, i think the name is i don't know i uh, admittedly i have not reread uh this part of the book so if, uh, this is all in there i've not i've not gotten there yet we'll get there for the that's a book club thing to come back to the book club we'll have read it by then probably hopefully actually we have to because it's the last book club so i don't know yeah. i mean we're just not we definitely will have we're just gonna have to um and they're they're pushing their way i did love this little gag here they're pushing their way through this long long line of of dead people who are waiting to cross the river. They're like, excuse me, excuse me. Gotta get to the, gotta get to the front of the line. And we get to the front and the guy up there is like, Hey, uh, you're, you're not dead. So, and they're like, it's fine. It's fine. We have these golden drachmas. And he's like, mm, blows the whistle. And they're like, listen, you could buy a new whistle with that. And I'm like, you idiots. <laughs> what did you think? You just blew a stupid freaking idiots. Um, and of course, uh, after the whistle gets blown, uh, this three-headed dog, which we have to, I mean, we have to talk about the dog here. The three-headed dog comes out, big problem, rot row, Grover, swallowed, big issue, they start running, um, big chase scene, boom, 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 and then ultimately Percy pulls out the sword. But he doesn't need to use it because Annabeth is right there, scratching behind the dog, one of the three dog head ears. Good for you, Annabeth. Grover gets out, he's all slobbery, bad dog, he says. I don't even know that this was a bad dog. Like it was literally doing everything that it was told to do. You're not dead. You're not supposed to be here. You're the problem. You, you kids who don't understand whistles. Um, what do you think? what do you think of the dog, Emily? Was this, a, was this a bad dog? I love dogs. If, if anybody <laughs> knows me in the discord, I am a big dog person. I thought, and we can pronounce its name Cerberus or Kerberus. I, it, it can be pronounced either way. Um, I thought Kerberus was a great dog. Um, he did his job, um, but also 
enjoys human attention, just like other dogs. Um, you just have to know how to tame them. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it would maybe be a little tough, uh, as we see here. Um, just a big Yanni pupper. He was so yeah, the, cute. The faces mm-hmm. of the dog were pretty cute. They definitely did not cute. lean into like the ugly whatever, mm-hmm. like the disgusting stuff. They, I mean, this was just like a cute dog that they were. Yeah. I have to shout out two lines from the section. So first of all, the Annabeth giving Percy a hard time for we left Kansas four days ago did crack me up. I thought it was very <laughs> funny that she just like missed the reference there. Um, but the line uh, from Percy of only suckers wait in line is the epitome <laughs> of why I hate New York. Uh, and I will just say that with my full chest. I like to me, that is the entire like ethos of that city and it is why i felt so uncomfortable there the entire time because i am a rule follower and a Mm. happy line waiter i do not like it wow i'm not a new yorker by any stretch of the imagination i find lines to be so frustrating like there is nothing worse than waiting to do a thing that you like or you know like i I mean no one enjoys line waiting but you do it because the people in front of you have just as much right to be there as you do and they got there slightly before you did so they get to go first that's just how society works yeah. How do you feel about like when you're merging on like a highway? You zipper merge. It's every it you you take turds from both sides. You zipper merge. None of these rascals going up the side and going. But no, anyway, Emily is like nodding and shaking her head along with me in a, the exact right moments. This I'm, is a video podcast. People can actually yeah. see. Uh, yeah. in, in in this case, usually you have to you know say. I guess maybe people are only listening. If you're only listening, what are you doing? We're on video for you, people. Come on. Yeah, I, I also wrote that down, only suckers wait in line, because I try not to judge. But when I heard that line, I was judging Percy real hard. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry. I am also a happy line waiter because we need society to continue. And as soon as we stop waiting in line, society devolves into chaos. <laughs> oh, so, no, it's, oh, I, know, I, I feel like I understand Percy better now that I know that he thinks that only suckers wait in line. Okay, admittedly, I have to give a little credit to Percy here um, because everyone else in the line is dead. So, I, yeah, you know, but the word uh, choice they nothing the tone. Yeah. yeah, like what do they what do they got to do? They're not I mean, they're not busy. They're, they're fine. Um, but it wasn't like a this particular time we're going to cut in front. of. I would never normally do this, but we're going to cut in front of the line. It's like, no, yeah. this is Percy's like go to oh, yeah, thing sure. is like cutting lines. And it's like. Yeah. No, oh, okay. but, I don't like, know about go-to thing. Like we've never seen him do it before. I mean, it's like that Tony and sacrificing himself yeah, is like the defining Percy oh, yeah. We'll get there. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> Everyone has a little self-sacrifice moment this episode again yeah. for some reason. Um. Anyway, Annabeth is scratching behind the dog's ear, and apparently she's like struggling to do it. She's like, "I can't hold this forever." As she pets the dog, I, I, what are you struggling with here? Yeah, Annabeth? I will literally pet a dog for the rest of my life. I don't get it. Like, the opportunity. I, this made no sense to me. And she's like, "You got to get over. We have to do it fast." And so Grover uses the shoes that were uh, given. He says, "Maya, the shoes go up." He's like, "Take, take Percy first. They like, get up to the top." Um. And then Annabeth like barely makes it up. Uh, whatever. This was like fake drama. Grover is very impressed, however, by Annabeth's knowledge of of Cerberus. I've never heard Cerberus before, but that's interesting. Of, of Cerberus. Um, how did you know to do that? And she's like, well, uh, first of all, Grover, this is the child of Athena. She knows how to do anything. Like, what do you, what are we doing here? Like, this is the, that's the only thing you need to know, Grover. You know this, what are we doing? Um, and they look out, they see Hades palace. Very, very cool. Ridiculously cool. And they're immediately like, listen, that's where he's going to be keeping the bolt. And also your mother. And then in the kerfuffle, Grover's like, oh my God, 
I lost a pearl. It's probably in the dog, he says. Tough. That's that's unfortunate. We're minus one pearl. We ended up at three. We knew we were going to get to three. We started at four. The book had three. We lost one. And it's Grover's fault. And so uh, we all know where this conversation is going to go uh, in, in like three seconds here. Um, but first, we have to go back to another brief little flashback. We do this like again a couple different times throughout it. We, we see Sally talking to the school administrator. Percy wasn't accepted. He's like, listen, I got a call from the previous guidance counselor that he drew something and was walking around on a gym ceiling. And, and she's like, okay, listen, I'm just trying to get my kid into a school. And then he's like, have you thought about homeschooling? Because there's nothing better than a parent who doesn't know anything to homeschool a child who needs a lot of extra attention. And spe- like, I need to maybe not fully say my thoughts on homeschooling, especially in these types of situations. But um, Sally is not equipped to deal with this. She needs help with this. And there's a lot of specific reasons. And I sort of feel that way about a lot of people who are in these situations. Um, And I also thought it was a very weak reason for him to be like, no, we don't have the resources to support your kid who saw a, a, draw a picture of a horse with wings and was like saying he saw it. Like you have, come on. All it takes is to give that kid a, a piece of paper and a crayon. That's how you emotionally support them. What are you talking about? What are we doing here? But he can't get into this school, Emily. It's really unfortunate. This was the worst reason I've ever had for rejecting someone from a school. They drew a horse with wings. What are we doing? Wow. Oh, my goodness. We couldn't say that was art. What great imagination you have, um, how resourceful you are. No. Oh, uh, we think he is disturbed and we don't have the psychological monitoring needed because he thinks he saw a horse with wings. You're telling me that none of the kids at the school have imaginary friends. I'm sorry. This was like, to me, this was the low point of the episode to me was Percy being booted from the school because he drew a horse with wings and said he saw it. Yeah, I I agree completely. This was like, this was just ridiculous to me. And, And on top of that, the insinuation of you the mother you deal with this yeah. we, a professional school environment who has educators with degrees teaching a bunch of other children with lots of experience we do not have the capability for this but you rando woman who i've never met before right now you have the capabilities to deal with it what do you what do you mean what is this this was ridiculous. Anyway, that's enough of the flat. Unless you have thoughts, Melissa. I'm I'm done. No, with I just fully already. 100% cosine endorse everything uh, you said. Teaching is hard. <laughs> it's very hard. It's very difficult. People literally have to go to school for a long time to get degrees to be able to do this. Um, and even then, like everyone remembers some of the bad teachers they've had, right? Like even the people that are qualified are not even qualified. Um that being said, there, I, there, I feel like I'm negative on teachers. I'm really not. There's a lot of absolutely amazing and outstanding teachers out there. Like, I think like everyone simultaneously also remembers some of the best teachers that they have ever had, certainly I do. My brother is in school to be a teacher. He's like a student teacher right now. Like, that's, a, you know, whatever. Back to the back to the non-flashback mumbo-jumbo. We're back with Grover. And we we know this. We lost, a, we lost a pearl. We only have three pearls, four people. What are we to do but talk preemptively about who will make the sacrifice play. Grover's like, it's got to be me. I will sacrifice myself. And Percy's like, oh, no, no, no. It's me. I'm going to do it. We we already know what's going on here. Um, Thankfully, they're interrupted by this creepy figure of a head connected to some roots right in front of them. And I didn't even catch this name. The Roots of Regret. 
um, is, is basically the deal here. And Annabeth gets rooted. She she finds herself rooted. She is regretting something. Dun, dun, dun. She has some regret, but luckily she can make it up by sacrificing herself and uh, distracting the dog and staying behind. So hallelujah everyone gets a little bit of sacrifice and you get a sacrifice you get a sacrifice this really is like the gods melissa sacrificing all over the place is that what the gods do i feel like the gods do well, the opposite no, they, of that. Yeah, they, they get the sacrifice. whatever yeah. the heck yeah. they want yeah yeah this was i it felt so when the like the moment before percy's like no it has to be me i was like he's gonna do it he's gonna do it <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> like the fourth or fifth time in this show and i just like knew it and i was like yep there we go um so yeah i thought the root the regret roots were super cool i loved mm-hmm. this visual i thought this was very fun um I'm not super, I think, unfortunately, the intrigue around, like, what is Annabeth regretting or whatever, like, the mystery of the book and the, like, seeds of doubt that are placed in Annabeth throughout the book are just so much more consistent, I think, because of, like, we're getting Percy's, like, internal dialogue, we could do all of that, um, and so I don't feel like that it's like one of the few things that I don't feel like has tra- translated well to the show. And we can talk about this more in the book club and the like change from three to four back to three kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it was one of those where I'm like, I don't really know what they're trying to do here. And it feels a bit like there's this overall story. And also like, by the way, Annabeth like has a regret about a thing. And I, I just don't really it felt adjacent and like it's gonna just get sort of resolved off on the side like there's no part of me that's like that's a really important thing that just happened that we need to be focusing on so yeah I don't know what do you think Emily about the whole like everything going on here so the fields of asphodel is my favorite part of the entire episode so I looked up what asphodel was because I hadn't really heard of it outside of the lord of the rings um, where asphodel is mentioned as a healing herb And Asphodel is often portrayed as a narcissus, um, which is also relevant to to, to Greek mythology. Um, And the Asphodel flowers are usually associated with the underworld, death, and mourning. Um, And I just found the visuals in this scene to be absolutely stunning. I have thought about this scene every single day, not like the occurrences in it, but just the visual of these figures that are almost turning into trees, it, you know, in appearance. Um, it was so ominous. The music in this scene is incredible. I, I wrote down that it is ethereal and mysterious. Um, it really just gives you such cool vibes for this uh, whole scene. Um, yeah, the whole thing with Annabeth, you know, she does end up using the pearl, sacrificing herself and escaping. But also, I mean, I feel bad for her because she misses out on the rest of the underworld adventure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's she misses out on all the fun. Yeah, certainly, certainly in a way. Um, I Yeah, I, I didn't catch the name of what it was, but that's uh, very interesting. Also, shout out to the Narcissus. Uh, Brooklyn Zed and I had a full conversation on Narcissus on the Final Fantasy IX podcast for basically no reason other than they named a ship that and then we got off for like 10 minutes about it because I had no idea it was related to mythology in any way. Oh, really? and, and, yeah, yeah. And so they were like, yeah, it's about this. And then, of course, you know, we spent a long time looking it up. So whatever. Um, okay. We continue on with just the two. Grover and Percy. They're in like this sand dune area. Again, very, very cool. The set is all just very, very cool. Um, and the shoes start freaking out. They start pulling Grover. Um, I don't know why, but I could not stop looking at 
Gobert's goat feet in in I, I don't know There's something that just really was pronounced in this scene. Um, and Gobert's getting pulled forward, and he's like, "Oh my God, what's going on?" Percy goes to grab him, he pulls out the sword, stands with the thing, and the shoes go flying off of Gobert's hooves um, into the pit of Tartarus. Um, whoa! And they get to safety, and they're like, "Okay, oh my God, that was really scary." And then Percy immediately looks in his bag, and he finds the Master Bolt in his bag. And I just have one thing to say: as cool as the set is. This prop is wildly underwhelming in terms of what the master bolt is. We have to be honest with ourselves here. We have to, okay? It wasn't crackling or sizzling or electrifying. This was, I thought this was like a, a gussied up minotaur horn from the, like I, I, this, I don't know. Am I the only one who was wildly underwhelmed by this master, like the master bolt, mass, it's a cool name too. It's Zeus's master bolt and it's this. I could buy this at like a Love's truck stop in the middle, like on I-70. Like, what is this? I don't know. I was mostly just confused about what was happening. Like, how do you not notice that you've been carrying this thing the whole time? <laughs> um, so, and I was like, why are the shoes like suddenly, for, like, what's going on here? Um, so again, this was like, it, this show has done this to me a few different times. Where I'm like, what is happening? Okay. I don't know. Well, now, now they've got it. That was, that was a bit easy, but I... I'm assuming this is all related to the book and that this is like a bit of a, you know, book random, like, well, turns out you had it the whole time. There you go. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't get it. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, they do. It's also going to be interesting to talk about kind of how they did it in the movie versus the book versus this. Um, but they, re they have this realization while well, Aries gave us the bag. So it must be Aries. He must've had it the entire time. And he tricked us. I can't believe we got tricked. By Aries. Unbelievable. Kip, um, this is ridiculous. They're so upset about it. So upset. I I'm upset about it. I'm so upset. We need to take an ad break. We have to get out of here for just a few minutes and we'll come back. We got tricked. Now we're tricking you into an ad break. Ha <laughs> ha. We'll be right back. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we're back. I swear to God, one listener has the master bolt. We got him. We got him. Get the listener. Fortnite is 10 days. Uh, anyway, back in the past, we're flashing back yet again. Person and his mom, uh, they're at a restaurant, and this scene is brutal. I have to just say, this scene is so freaking brutal here. My it's note like, is baby Percy is harsh. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is savage. I mean, this is, okay. <laughs> She's like, I know that it's hard. Percy, okay and he's got this like ice cream sundae in front of him looks pretty good to be honest. i'm not i'm not even really like a big ice cream guy this looks pretty good this is like a big ice you know big ice wait cream what do you mean you're not a big ice cream guy we don't I have don't time know. to get into this but well, like i mean what we can do whatever we want first of all um i don't really like has to leave at some point but we whatever we have time to get into whatever we want here um my problem with ice cream i eat it so slow i because mm. i i oh, like, we've had this conversation before i probably we've yeah we've, i'm having a distinct flashback used... to being angry at you about this before and you <sighs> and i saying that i like it when it gets a little bit melty and you being all freaked out about it I've no i do I, i'm okay with it being a little melty but the problem is there is like a five minute sweet spot for lack of a better word to eat the ice cream when it's almost like a slightly <laughs> like a slightly gelled soup is like a very thick potato soup that consistency on ice cream is well because it can be regular soup i don't want my ice cream to be brothy but that's the problem it needs to be like <laughs> this chunky it needs to, <laughs> that's i like my ice cream chunky i don't know what to tell you um I eat it too slow and then it just melts and becomes either soup and then it gets all messy and then I'm, you know, but I also can't have it too hard because then it's too cold and I have like a cold sensitive teeth. I have a lot of teeth problems also is the other um, issue, but um, I don't know. I also, I'm like always a savory over sweet guy just in general. So like ice cream is inherently not going to be, I don't know. Um, Emily, what are your thoughts on ice cream before? We yeah, please. We, we yeah, yeah. To, like circle. We have time. A bit. Yeah, we have time. It, so it depends on the mode of transport for the ice cream. If we are eating ice cream on a cone, it should be hard ice cream, not soft serve. I am not a soft serve fan because that gets soupy very quickly. Mm -hmm. However, if we're talking about an ice cream sundae, like what Percy has here in his glass, you want that hot fudge, but that is going to make it soupy uh, quicker. Um, but yeah, what Percy is doing here is criminal by just staring at it and not even attempting to eat it because he wants to make his mom feel bad. Yeah. And I mean, it certainly works. Also, can I just posit that a shake is better than any iteration of just ice cream? No? Disagree. Ooh. <laughs> wow. I mean, I might agree with you. I just, I, I'm like way more, I, I have ice cream way more often than I have a shake. Like they're just certainly. easier to come by. Absolutely. Um, mm, But shakes are good. Um, shakes are so good. Yeah. Shakes are too much of the same consistency. Oh, I see. It, it It's too much of, you know, I'm drinking this really 
thick smoothie. <laughs> so you said thick with a very different emotional expression than I think I would say thick. I was going to say, shake. yeah, I'm drinking this very thick shake. Like I'm, I'm very texture oriented with my foods. So yeah. I also, I think I just like drinking things over eating things in general. Like I, maybe that's yeah. a, I don't even know. I don't know what kind of take that is. I have no idea. I don't know if anyone's ever thought about that before. Um, probably not. Anyway, um, this scene is so brutal. He's got the ice cream setting in front of him, just staring at him. And she's just like, I want you to just give this place a chance. If you don't like it, we can leave, I promise. But I just want you to give it a chance. And he's just not saying anything until he finally says, why are you doing this? Why are you trying so hard to get rid of me? Oh, and then he goes in for the kill shot and is just like, I would never do this to you. I mean, that's it. That's like, I, that's, you can't ever recover from that. She walks over, she kisses him on the head. She's like, I'm going to go pay, but really she's just going to go weep and never emotionally recover from this. Cause you, like you are done. If, if a child, if your child says this to you, it's over. You cannot emotionally recover from this line. Um, I don't know what I would do, Melissa, but I would probably go cry in a corner and I would certainly not pay for this kid's milkshake. I would go cry in a corner and I would stick a match in a, in a Sunday probably. Oh yeah. I would, do. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would burn that. Talk about non chunky. I mean, it would, that would be, yeah, this would be so tough, Emily. I don't know. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't come back. No, no. I, what do you say? Because we have, you know, we're guessing Percy is five or six here. How do you explain what she is dealing with to a five or six year old, it cannot be done. And I think for people who choose to be parents, you know, sometimes you, you sign up for these hard conversations or one-sided things where, you know, your children will not understand and you still have to do the hard thing anyway. Um, so I really do feel for her in this scene. Yeah. And you know, certainly parenting is hard. I'm never one to judge, you know, whatever. Well, I am one to judge, but it's still hard. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, Gosh, this was just so tough. And the way that he delivers this too, it's just like, there's like a, almost like a, an innocence to it. That's like, but he knows what he's saying. Like, he, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you know what you're saying to your mother. Like you're he's just, a, he's emotionally manipulative. I mean, we've seen it all throughout this episode. Well, she, in, in like mother, aspects. like son. I, yeah. She, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, back with the, back with the, uh, you know, grown up, whatever, 12 year olds, um, Percy and Grover are entering Hades's palace here. Um, and he just kind of saunters, out just walks out he's like hey uh you want a snack some pomegranate juice you want anything and percy's like no i just want my mother and he's like oh right right to business i like the cut of your jib and he's like jib little nautical reference for you <laughs> and he's like listen buddy i just want my mom we don't have time for this and he's like okay all right fine your mom's right over there let's go um and we walk over and see petrified sally but we have to i mean we have to just stop down here on hades um before we do anything else this is Hades, Lord of the Underworld. Uh, uh, I, I, we're going to have lots to talk about in book club, certainly. But before we even get there, uh, new God introduction. And I could not think of a better time than right now as we're mid-scene introducing a new character um, for Emily to let us know who the God of the Week is as we are introducing a new <laughs> God. So uh, uh, totally your floor here. Who's the God of the Week this week? Oh boy. Um, so I actually did a deep dive on underrated, 
God, not quite, but monster. Uh, I actually did my deep dive on Cerberus because we oh, have Cerberus great. in this episode. Oh, all right, so maybe we should have set this up before. Yeah, maybe know. there was a better. That's time okay. I didn't <laughs> give you any warning. I and so no worries. Um, but Cerberus is real is very relevant to Hades. So Cerberus is the Hound of Hades. He is a multi-headed dog that guards the gates of the underworld because he needs to keep the dead people from leaving. Um, he is the offspring of Echidna, who we have met, um, and then Typhon, who I do not know. Um, in the earliest writings about Cerberus, he had 50 to 100 heads. Um, I'm glad we didn't go with that route for the show. I think three heads works much better. Um, and his main story is in Heracles' Twelfth Labor, where Heracles has to bring back Cerberus to the king of Tyrans, King Eurystheus. Um, and this is thought to be an impossible task, um, but Heracles gets help from Hermes and Athena. So oh. some other um, players here. Um, when he's in the underworld, um, he finds two heroes down there bound to, now let me know, let me know if this sounds familiar, the Chair of Forgetfulness where they were bound and held fast by coils of serpents. That also sounds familiar, uh, as we have seen Percy in a similar chair previously. Um, Heracles was able to free one of them. And then Heracles finds Hades with Cerberus, and Hades says, you can have Cerberus if you are able to tame him and master him. So Heracles... Um, uses his arms to wrap around Cerberus's head, and Cerberus does submit to him. So Hades fights with Heracles, um, but Heracles is able to get Cerberus out of the underworld, brings him to the king, uh, king, uh, king uh, Eurystheus, <laughs> mm -hmm. and as soon as he, uh, as Cerberus is shown there, um, he escapes and makes his way back to the underworld. I would never pick a story with a sad ending for a dog. So this is a very happy ending for Cerberus. He made his way back home after being kidnapped and just basically used in labor for Heracles. Um, and thank you, Cerberus, for all the work you do, keeping the dead people where they belong and not letting them back on our earth. So thank you, Cerberus. Thank you, you Cerberus. Homeward bound one, not two. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, a lot of heads were homeward bound 50. Um, good dog, right? Good dog, Cerberus. Very good dog. Good dog. Screw you, good Grover. Dog, good He's dog, not good a bad dog. dog. Maybe <laughs> yeah. just don't annoy him. Maybe don't try and get past him while you're alive. Maybe it's your fault, Grover. Maybe you're the bad dog. Bad goat. I don't know. Dur during that whole scene, I forgot that Cerberus even swallowed Grover at one point. Oh my goodness! So focused on the good dog. Yep. Yes, and 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 so then when he started emerging, I'm like, what is happening? What is yep. going on? Oh yeah, that's Grover. Oh yeah, he swallowed Grover. Oh, am I a bad person? I forgot that Grover almost died. Yeah, I, I did the same thing in my notes. I did, wrote nothing about Grover until the end of like, oh, he spits out Grover. That's interesting. And then I went up there a couple lines. It was like, Grover gets swallowed. <laughs> I, I don't remember it, but um, it had to have happened because he came yeah. out. Uh, great underrated God Monster of the Week. The Perfect. Uh, great tie-in to the episode. Um, certainly more planned of a tie-in than either of us planned. I don't know we did it, Melissa, but it still kind of ended up working. So I'm, yeah. not, I'm, I'm yeah. not mad about it. Okay. Here's Hades, our king of the underground. Uh, love this guy. Or do we love him? I don't know. Melissa, what are your thoughts on Hades? Was this what you expected? What do you think? 
So it took me way, again, I don't know, I swear I watched this episode attentively, but it took me way too long into the scene to be like, oh, this is Hades. <laughs> like, I somehow totally missed it. Um, I think, again, because although uh, I was, like, a little bit spoiled, I wasn't spoiled enough to be like, oh, the guy in the vision is not, like, it's going to be a different guy. <laughs> so um, I did have that, but I was like, okay, if I had that, I can't be the only person who had that. I feel like we needed to, like, maybe make that more obvious but maybe he had a line and it just missed me as i was watching this late last night but um i did like him i because i like that it's different right he's like kind of a different he he is actually a little bit more like hercules hades than he is hades town hades right he's a little bit goofy he's um i like that he's sort of not taking things seriously the line i seldom kahoot was incredible <laughs> and i wrote it down and i loved it so much so um I was actually like kind of intrigued by it, but it was interesting that there's certainly not a lot of like gravitas to him that you might expect. But I actually don't think there's a lot of gravitas to like any of the gods that we've met. Like I was sort of underwhelmed by Poseidon when we will get him shortly. So I think it's kind of the point is that they're just like wandering around looking like the rest of us even though they're gods. So that's fine. But it was just a bit of like, I was like, oh, this is the big guy. This is, I thought this was like some like Hades assistant or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I was expecting this to be like Hades PA who was just like talking to Percy. I didn't even realize this was him. Yeah, certainly if you're looking for Gravitas, uh, it is the Hades town and uh, no one could possibly beat Patrick Page's Hades. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, wow. Hades town is so good. Um, no, cer uh, certainly much different. Uh, and, and you know, uh, movie Hades is another one that I'm very interested for Melissa to see as well. Emily, your thoughts on Hades here? Yeah, I agree. Um, he he see, he comes across as kind of nondescript. Um, to me, his most strong characteristics or his sarcasm and kind of the cynical way in which he speaks, which is very similar to that Hercules Hades as well. Um, and I really saw them as being quite similar. I also wrote down that he seldom cahoots. I also liked his line in here of there's a quid and a quo here. Um, and <laughs> it, it, it was so interesting because I think you could have gone with the Hades town route, but is that a bigger risk? Because if you don't pull it off, you know, then the entire episode is just kind of a wash and a failure, right? So you really want your Hades character um, to be someone that I think people can, people have opinions about, right? Um, and either find him scary or funny. Um, and so they went kind of this sarcastic route. Um, it was interesting because I was thinking, yeah, okay, he's the guy. He's the, he's the guy down in the underworld. There he is. Way down. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it certainly is. Uh, it certainly is a lot different than I feel like people were expecting. Um, I mean, it's kind of that way in the book, but it's just, it's just a, like, kind of, you know, an interesting take, especially compared to how they present the other gods. Like, I don't think that we are seeing the portrayal of Ares and being like, oh, that's an interesting take on Ares. I think we're like, yep, that, that pretty much tracks for like what Ares is supposed to be. I feel like the same thing for Hermes, even though, you know, it's living over but it's like, yeah, okay, that kind of tracks for like what that is. I even think that Poseidon feels that way a little bit later. Like, maybe it's not quite as you know um doesn't have the gravitas that we're talking about but i still kind of like, i think it like, kind of tracks in terms of the poseidon of it all especially like what he says um hades is just a lot different and that's sort of the point but he also doesn't know what's going on so Hades is like yeah i'll here's sally you can have her just just give me what i want too one for one you give me 
the nondescript thing that I want that I'm not going to specifically say in this moment. And then I'll give you Sally. Okay. That's a deal. You give me X. I'm going to give you Sally. And she's like, um, you can't have the bowl. It's not yours. Like, this is not a thing. And he's like, uh, buddy, what, what are you talking about? What, what, what mm -hmm. do you mean? Bowl. I don't want the bowl. I don't care about the bowl. What, what, and, and, and Pushy's like, wait a minute. What do you mean? You don't care about the bowl. And he's like, listen, I, it doesn't matter to me. The jealousy stuff, not me. I don't care. I'm not a jealous. That's all my brothers, okay? That's not me. I'm not jealous. I don't care about war. I'm even on Hades and love conflict and evil and whatever, run the underworld. I don't care about war. That's not that's not my bag, okay? I just I just want what I I just want what I want, okay? And the thing that I want is the helm of darkness. The helm, of course, we have seen this before. The helm of darkness, which went missing just a couple days before someone used it to steal the master bolt and percy's like oh boy we're putting it together i know who did it i have figured it out based on this new information that you're giving me just now it was gross da, 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 out of nowhere truly out of absolutely nowhere from what we've seen on the show um <laughs> just truly bonkers that we are here in this moment uh certainly chronos was mentioned before it was in episode one as we're getting the lesson and the you know the eating and the spit okay it was there but also come on this this was a little bit of a leap for me he's like i got it right away my intuitive self even though i had no idea what you were talking about before i've now put this all together immediately despite not having the child of athena right next to me who has been figuring out everything along the way and i haven't been getting any of it i figured it out it's chronos it weakens the throne that's what he wants he wants this war and he's in a billion pieces in the middle of the pit of tartarus and the shoes just tried to get us there it all makes sense that must have been the voice in my dreams percy says and hades is like okay uh ask me for sanctuary just ask me for sanctuary and he's just so weird here. i'm getting like half like used car salesman and half weird creepy dude who's like just pull my finger like this is <laughs> such a weird guy it's just like ask me for sanctuary he's like what do you what do you what, what and he's like if chronos is trying to do what you're saying chronos is trying to do then you are not safe so ask me and i'll protect you and, and i'll also uh protect the goat uh for free that's on the house i'll, I'll get the goat on the house I don't, don't even worry about the goat in exchange just give me the bolt and percy's like oh <laughs> i see you don't get the bolt you don't get the I, this is all a, this is all a ploy and then he also says it's only for self-defense now because we're starting a war he just wants to be prepared whatever self-defense and then he says this only ends one way percy the only question is how difficult you make it and i'm like boy force a line some more will you please like truly uh, come on um percy says i accept your offer and he's like great not that one not that offer the first one for the helm one helm for one sally and they both smash their pearls and disappear leaving sally and hades down in the underworld so we've smashed the pearls this was a this was a wild sequence to me for like a lot of reasons, Emily. Like there were so many different parts of this where I was like, "Boy, we are leaping all over the place." Why hasn't Percy offered to sacrifice himself yet? Like, what's <laughs> what, what's going on here? Well, so have you both seen Despicable Me? The first yes. one, yeah, yes. So if I say light bulb, you will get the <laughs> reference. When Percy puts together that this is Kronos. This was his light bulb moment. <laughs> and to be fair, this is based on a YA book where we truly must make the most wildest of leaps, suspend our disbelief, 
that the kid is going to figure it all out and put everything together. I mean, this is like a staple of YA fantasy books in particular, that they're the only one that can figure out how this all works, who done it. Um, and I just felt kind of um, um, unpleasantly revisiting some of those types of feelings I've had before with other YA books in this scene. It was a lot, Melissa. This, uh, Especially when he was just immediately like, to be Kronos. I yeah. figured it out. It has to be Kronos. Yeah, I, like, this guy we've like never heard of before in the show. Like, I feel like this could have been seated. We could have done anything. Um, I guess like maybe there was like one previous reference. I don't know. The thing that I did like was the juxtaposition of Percy's like hold fast mom to then the uh Sally like kind of gathering herself in the next scene. Like that. Uh, transition I really liked but yeah there was just a lot going on here that I was like wait we're going on like a whole nother fetch it quest in this last episode I was like very confused we have a lot to do we have to get that helm back there's a lot going on there we have to deal with Kronos I feel like this could have been seated much better for me and maybe it would have been too like on the nose all I needed was like one reference last episode to Kronos and then yeah. as the shoes went into the pit of Tartarus I needed Percy to be like oh my god Kronos is down there we would have been in trouble like mm -hmm. that's all I really would have needed here for like anyone to say the name or to mention what was going on previously so I do really think the name Kronos might have been in this episode. So at the scene with the sand dunes, right before they before Grover gets carried off, if you listen very carefully, there is this very odd sound effect that I didn't turn <laughs> captions on. But to me, I went back and rewound it, and it sounded like <laughs> I'm not and I'm not kidding and I think uh -huh. there is book evidence as well to support that um that could have been heard um so someone can go back and watch and either validate or say no Emily that was just insane well the only thing that I'll say is I defy you to find a more subtle way to seat it in than <laughs> oh, for sure <laughs> a light whisper that I didn't even perceive as I was actively taking notes on the episode during yeah. my second watch like <laughs> you know um okay and then we get to our final scene here is sally at the counter she's about to pay and she lights this match and she puts it in the sunday which makes it rain i guess and causes poseidon to show up weird way to summon a god but yeah okay i not water-based at all yeah not but it turns all. out he hates milkshakes so yeah, you just have to like destroy a milkshake and then he'll show up but is it he, uh, yeah i have no idea i don't know it's stupid <laughs> This couldn't have been like, I mean, so many other ways that we could have gotten to the water god, like via water, maybe. Um, Stormbreaker, round shaker, milkshake hater. Like, I, you know, like we, we, I don't know, whatever. Poseidon walks through the door and Sally gets a little emotional here. You know, she says, this isn't fair. And I feel like I'm failing. Um, she says, no, but in a way, you kind of are. She's like, I'm going to take him to camp. Um, I don't really have much other choice i want him to know who he is before your family tries to tell him who they want him to be he's better than that he has better things in him than that fair enough fair enough um and poseidon said it's it, it, you know it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard he needs to like learn these things that you're not really able to teach him um and she, you know she asks if, if you want to talk to him do you even just hear his voice and he says very dramatically one day when he's ready, when he knows who he is and where he belongs, 
and fate has revealed to him his true path. This happens over the course of like 45 seconds because there's a lot of big pauses as the scene is happening. On that day, another dramatic pause as we see him getting on the beach with Grover, a hand held up. And, and we look over and we see Ares with a sword and, and Grover's also there and he's got swords out. We're about to fight Ares. I'll be right by his side. Also, Annabeth is there. The swords are out. They're opposite Ares on this beach. Dun 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 And that's how the episode ends, is we're evidently about to show down with Ares on the beach after we use the pearls. Annabeth is there. We have a helm to get for Hades in exchange for Sally. Kronos is the big bad, and he's down at the at the pit that the shoes wanted to take him to. I mean, there is so much to do in the last episode. Um, if we want to have any kind of like good resolution here, but that's where we leave it, Emily. That's where the end of episode seven is. Yeah, it was. It, I loved the voiceover showing Percy and his friends waking up on. Well, if they're waking up or I don't know how that works, um, but on, on the beach, um, I really love seeing Poseidon here. I thought the gravitas that he brought was spot on. Um, and I love this conversation with him and Sally. And, you know, do you want to meet him? And no, it is. It, well, yes, but it is not time. Um, as someone who has not read past the first book, um, I'm very interested to see, you know, what more we get from Poseidon, because in this TV series and this book, um, as we can already tell, it is very, very limited. Um, yeah, so I thought it was a really great ending to the episode. Yeah, Melissa, did this land for you? Are you are you ready to get into episode eight? Yeah, I mean, absolutely ready to get into episode eight. I will say, like, yeah, I don't know why. Um, I thought that the, um, I thought that, yeah, Poseidon would just be bigger. He'd sort of been built up as, like, you know, the most important one at this point and then he was just sort of some guy um but i did really like this conversation and i liked even more than poseidon's side of it i really like sally's side of it of i want him to know who he is before your family tries to tell him who they want him to be he is better than that and he has better things in him than that i thought that that was all a very lovely sentiment and really like good insight into sally's whole mo um some of the God stuff I do find just very strange where it's like, he's not ready. I will come to, it's like, why not, why not just come? Why not just meet him? Now? Like you can do whatever you want. Cause you're yeah. a God, but just you know, God. whatever, it's not time. He can't do it yet for reasons that I found not very specific and kind of annoying for that reason, but whatever, didn't do it yet. Will happen one day. And then there's like double fake out at the end of I thought th I thought this was going to be the moment. I thought this was going to be Poseidon. And no, it's Annabeth and then it's Aries. And I was like, oh, okay, neither of these people are Poseidon. <laughs> to me, the voiceover was leading to like a, you know, Poseidon standing on the beach waiting for Percy to show up. And then, and then he wasn't there. So, yeah. No, he's not there. He's, he's opposite Aries and maybe they're going to fight and there's an issue. Uh, we have to get the helm. Of course, um, you know, uh, who, who knows? Who knows who the real bad is? Who knows who's working with who? I mean, we might know, but whatever. That's next episode. The, the people watching the show who don't know the book uh, maybe don't know. And you know what? It might not even be the same. I don't know. I haven't seen the finale yet. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't either. Could Let's be anyone. Um, but that's episode seven, Melissa. Uh, I, I'm excited to get into episode eight. I don't know. I, I wonder how long the runtime is. It's probably actually out by the time that anyone is listening it's i think it's out now actually um <laughs> but but you yeah, certainly by the time you listen it's already out i wonder what the runtime is because i feel like they need well and the other i guess the other thing is like if they know they're getting a season two like there are threads that don't need to be pulled 
in the finale here that could realistically be kind of kicked down the road. And I think because of how quickly we're getting into all this Chrono stuff, I feel like that could certainly be um, a part of this leading to something much, much bigger. Um, because like you're saying, we saw in some of the dream sequences, like who Percy thought was Hades. Obviously that was a, was a misdirect. Um, you know, are we going to see a full resolution to all of that setup in one episode, as well as everything else we have to do with the Sally of it all? Um, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot more going on, especially as we're opening up with the confrontation with Aries and then we have everything else to do. So it's like, you know, how, how are we going to do it all? Who knows? Um, I'm I'm optimistic, though. This was not my favorite episode of the series, but I don't think it was bad by any means. A good penultimate episode. Um, oftentimes, penultimate episodes struggle um, because they are just inherently they have a, lot a setup. Yeah, just a setup for the finale. And the finale always needs to be um, the coolest episode, at least in the minds uh, of, of a lot of folks. So I'm excited. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I thought the setup was really uh, it was good. I thought that the setting was amazing. I had fun with Hades, even if I was a bit like thrown off by it all. I'm like intrigued by that character more so than um, like s some of the other gods for sure. So I think it's great. I'm I'm very interested to see how we go. And kind of the nice thing about the streaming thing is it could be just a longer finale episode, right? They could just yeah. give us a longer runtime and that could be totally fine um so we will see i i hope that that's the case i hope that it's a combination of what you said that like stuff that can wait until next season that might be more effectively done then we can do we can just sort of leave some intriguing threads dangling for you know people to hopefully come back for a season two but also we could take the time that we need in order to tell the story and you know that's there's not a specific chunk of time that has to be filled so hopefully that it you know it seems to be what they've done so far right we've had pretty variable length episodes throughout the run so far so we'll see but yeah i you know i can't believe that we're almost over we've only got the one episode left and you know by the end of this week we will record three percy jackson pods this week and then we will be done well let's not overcommit to any, any i know we have three percy jackson podcasts scheduled but let's not you know let's uh let's let's see where the chips may fall because uh as you're saying of course uh we, final episode we will get the final episode podcast to you this week that i feel like is a a, a, a much more certainty uh for the book club We'll see when we get that to you. Okay. <laughs> we, we will do the book club when we're good and ready to do the book club because we are also going to talk about for that the movie. pod is probably listening to this being like, what? <laughs> because we definitely have it scheduled. Oh, I would love to do it the day we have it scheduled. I'm just saying we have a lot of chapters to read of the book. We're doing the movie during the book. Like there's let's, you know, let's have some, give us a fortnight. Okay. To do the book club, <laughs> give us a fortnight and we, we will have it to you certainly by then, hopefully sooner. Um, yeah, a lot of Percy Jackson this week. I'm excited though. It should be it should be a fun week. I think the finale will be good. That's you know, I, yeah. I don't know exactly what they're gonna do. I don't think they're gonna take a lot of huge swings in terms of differences from the book. I think we have seen the biggest differences that are going to exist already, and and we've talked about them kind of at great length. Um, and I think almost all of them have been good. I, I truly do. I think almost all the differences have been good, and I don't think we're gonna see anything big um, in terms of a difference in the end that is going to be bad. So. Um, I'm hopeful. Maybe I'm too optimistic. We'll see. I think the show has given me reason to be optimistic, though. And I yeah, think like absolutely. it is that energy that I'm excited about. I feel like I haven't had that kind of like different adaptation energy for a show in a long time. Um, yeah. So no, absolutely. I'm, I'm Adaptations that I've uh, that I've covered have eat. Yeah, we used to talk about this a lot, and I feel like the last few episodes we've like stopped harping on the same idea. But yeah, like I've covered a lot of adaptations for PSR and. 
they either stick very closely with the source material or they make like a bunch of deviations and they tend to be not received all that well. So I do think, I, I think that this is of those two extremes. I think this is sticking pretty closely with the source material. The changes that we've got have been relatively minor to the overall show, but they have all been for the purpose of serving the story and using the visual media to their advantage and giving more space to things that are cool. So yeah, I'm certainly down with what the show has done. And I think it is one of those things where we've just talked about it a lot that it's really hard when you try to stray too far from a very beloved source material. And this show has not tried to do that. They've tried to really keep and honor everything that it's coming from. And so it seems like the book people are happy, which is always very lovely. I very much enjoyed covering this, which again, is not a guarantee always when you sign on to cover a show. So that has been very much fun. And obviously it's been a blast to talk about this with you, Adam, and we're going to do it twice more and then we'll be done. Two more times and then it's over. Uh, love to see it. Uh, also, thank you to Emily, who uh, mysteriously had to go to the underworld uh, during the end of this. Uh, we we knew exactly when she had a heart out and we just messed around for too long talking about waterbeds and ice cream, but <laughs> that's what people want. So thank you so much to Emily uh, for being here. I don't. She, do you think that she'll listen to the last, whatever, five minutes? I guarantee minutes she will. I guarantee, guarantee she, she will. will. Yes. I. <sighs> Emily said it. I am rarely wrong. I, I'm happy to stake this claim. I'm positive okay. that Emily will listen to the last five minutes of this. And this is me saying, hi, Emily. It was really great to have you here. Thanks yeah. so much. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I, I don't know if she wanted to plug anything, but I'll plug something for her. Well, a couple things for her. She has been on one of the podcasts uh, many times before. So certainly go check out those episodes. She's, she's always a fantastic guest with a lot of things prepared. And uh, I'll plug libraries for her because go visit your public <laughs> library. Um, Go visit, go, go, go to the library. Sarah went to the library just yesterday to go, we didn't have late fees, but she was really worried about late fees because I have had these Percy Jackson books checked out mm-hmm. since well before the start of the thing. And um, I'm, I'm only going to return them when I'm done. But, you know, no late fees, take. whatever. I think this might be a hot take. I used to be a big, like, obsessing about avoiding late fees person. And mm-hmm. I no longer am that person. First of all, lots of libraries don't charge late fees anymore. They Ours doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is incredible because then people will actually like return the books and not just like never go back to the library for fear of the late fees, which, you know, it's really prohibitive against people who don't have a lot of money. So that's great. Um, but second of all, I always think of it as like, you know what? Funding libraries with my like, you know, dollar, $2 late fee is like not the end of the world. It's not the worst place that my money could go. So that's okay. Thirdly, I had a librarian tell me, because I used to talk about like, oh, I didn't finish the book. So I had to return it and then take it out again. And, you know, I just like some, some books I occasionally don't finish because I don't, because I have to return it. And he's like, as a librarian, I'm telling you, we would rather you finish the book then not get to finish it and return it on time. So like just incur the late fee. It's okay. You're not like inconveniencing us for doing that or anything. And, you know, the very like kind of moralistic thing in my brain of it was like having library late fees is not like an immoral thing to do. It's okay. You can have a late no, fee. You and most of the them don't have late fees. That's the, yeah. that was, that was the other thing. Our library doesn't have late fees. So I was like, you don't have to return yeah. it. Um, one of my like best friends from uh, high school and college, Michelle is a librarian and she works at a library and she was telling me about like the, the different ways that libraries get funding. And so what I do now actually is I will renew the book multiple times even if it's not due i will renew it multiple times just so they pump their numbers of Mm. books being renewed because that's how they determine um libraries are getting funding based on number of books checked out and number of times people that's incredible engagement and interactivity and that's that's me being like a business guy an analytics guy trying to help public libraries (laughs) i love that 
Because no. the other kind of um, th the new take that I have that has been since getting an e-reader is that I like request all of these ebooks and then they come in and I don't have time to read them. So I can like delay it. So it's like, give it to me again in like whatever. And so I just like keep doing that. <laughs> so I don't know if it does the same in terms of numbers, but I have this like string of books that just sort of show up for me every like six weeks or so and they're like do you want to read it now and I'm like nope still no, no. Next time. And they just keep coming um so if that also helps pump their numbers I'm doing a great service to the library yeah, yeah. I mean if anyone if anyone out there wants like some you know free uh public service uh strategy consulting <laughs> like we we will happily help you I love that kind of stuff using all of the stupid multiple business degrees I have for good <laughs> A huge fan because I'll tell you I don't do it does not happen at work that is not that's not what happens at a financial services company okay I'm not I'm not doing any public good there um but you know re renew your library books even if you don't need to there you go it helps their numbers I don't know if you I don't know if Emily would even co-sign that but I probably I don't know why she wouldn't so let us know Emily if you are listening to this let us know um I guess I hope you are I don't know I feel like the longer we go on and she's like oh I wasn't there for like. 10 minutes of it i wonder as opposed to just like three minutes but i don't know hi emily if you're here it was great having you on really appreciate it we're excited next episode episode eight it's already out go watch it and then come back there might even be a podcast waiting for you depending on how long it takes you to listen to this but give us a four day on the book club we'll get there don't we'll definitely we'll get it to people within 10 days which is in fact a within a, yes within 10 days aka a fortnight we will get it to you yeah and groups are groups of three okay okay <laughs> Let's go. Let's get out of here, Melissa. We need to be done. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Catch you next time. Bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.